0: Hello and welcome to Detention Live, the TTRPG talk show podcast from the RPG Academy. I must be new here. I forgot. It's, I'm already red. So my, my inter- <laughs> I, I'm looking at the things and the internet is not working. So um, who knows if it's actually going to go. We, we shall see. Anyways, my name is Michael. Welcome to Detention Live. Joining me as always is my guest or is my co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Uh, And then join us tonight is our special guest co-host is Kevin. Kevin, say hello to everyone.
2: Hello, everybody. Good to be here.
0: uh, Happy to have you, sir. Um, Again, my internet is terrible. It often lets me down. It is currently showing that it's red, which means our stream is probably failing as we speak. But we're going to carry on as if it works because there's always the audio-only version. Stay Um, with us, everyone. Yes, yes. (laughs) Do not please do not go away. I need to do one more thing. Hi. Okay, there we go. So uh, I got the chat pulled up. Uh, So if you're new here to the show, uh, basically what this is, we meet every other week on Wednesday around 9pm Eastern Time. And we try to bring on a guest like Kevin whenever we can. We have a few sort of like um, segments that we go through some silly excuses to talk about things framed around, you know, Framing the conversation that we're gonna be having. But what we would like to start with is what we call extracurricular. And this is where we just talk about what we've been up to recently. This can be movies we've been watching, TV shows, books we've been reading, games we've been playing. It really can be anything and everything that we feel like sharing with strangers on the internet. Uh so Chris, I'm gonna start with you tonight. What you have been up to, Betty?
1: Uh mostly adulting. It okay. really hasn't been that thrilling. Um, I feel old saying this, but, uh, you know, we bought a nice couch 12 years ago. It's destroyed. And we bought a nicer one now. So that's like been my big excitement has been getting a new couch and getting rid of the old stuff. And
2: that's very adult. uh, (laughs) Yeah. And
1: and fighting with our new companies that bought my wife's company because they screwed up her paychecks last year. And we now owe a lot of money to the government that we shouldn't have to.
2: Oh, not good. That's not good.
1: Yeah so it's been a fun uh other than that just busy at work it's been a fun time for me at work what have you been up to kevin
2: hey i just <laughs> i've been also loving life and enjoying work uh work <laughs> is work as they say um no I, i've been doing good i uh yeah i've been hanging out been doing a lot of uh role-playing a lot of uh streaming a lot of fun cool stuff um it's uh it's been exciting the uh there's this weird dichotomy with like how much i want to do and how much i can do and uh it's it's hard balancing that sometimes but you know we keep on pushing through don't we um but uh yeah just uh been hanging around and uh Played a bunch of new games, which is cool. I'm kind of scratching off my bucket list of things I've been wanting to play for a couple of different years now that I haven't had a chance to. So all kinds of cool games. Um, today I just got my cool Power Rangers role-playing game in the mail, and uh oh. super pumped to get into that. Um, I played it at Gen Con and loved it and thought it was super awesome. And uh I got a little something, something I'm planning with that, with some hmm. some people. So nice. um, yeah yeah but just hanging out i haven't gone to the movies in forever haven't uh, been watching tv um i watched a little bit of wheel of time i read all those books loved them um i really think the books are one of the best things that's ever been written i know some people are anti robert jordan's fluff but uh i loved it um but uh, yeah so watch some of the show and uh it's pretty pretty much on on par i mean it's um there's a lot more that's left out. That always happens when they adapt a book, but it's uh, good stuff. So, have you finished the first season yet? No, I haven't. I um, I did about half of it. Uh, like the second week, it was out. Pretty much whatever was out at that time, okay. I watched it. And you know, I have an eight-year-old running around, so it's hard to sit down and actually watch stuff without it being i don't know disney or something
0: i totally understand i i have some strong feelings about that show i've also read the entire series Mm -hmm. twice all the way through and i've read the first books multiple times Uh, like the first book i've read probably five or six times and then the further you go the the less i have read them and like the last few i've only read (laughs) one time through um Mm And so I'll wait till you're done, and then we can maybe have you back on, or we'll do a different avenue. I'd like to get your overall thoughts because I have some strong opinions, but I don't want to color your viewing experience positively or negatively. So once you're done, I'd like—I'd love to talk to someone about this—the first season as a whole.
2: Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, Um, yeah. Jeez, I'll go watch it right now. Hold on, everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, don't do that.
2: Don't do that. (laughs) But uh, no, but the books were are are awesome, though. I love the books. They—they really. um, They're like in my opinion they're a real testament of the whole um the way you structure writing you know it's like you have the three-act style you know we want to call it we're basically in the beginning they set everything up you have all your conflict you know the hero's journey is Mm. completely and totally shown with all the characters in that series um and it's great you get to the end and i'm not going into spoilers but you get to the end of the books and you're cheering you're i mean honestly i mean i it's an emotional experience i mean i'm not gonna say i wasn't you know upset with certain things that happen i'm you know i'm a guy i cried at a part of it but you know it's um it's you know it's a it's awesome the payoff of the book series was like it really rewards you for spending all that time Mm -hmm. in that world and uh awesome awesome stuff so
1: nice and
2: sanderson's awesome too so (laughs) that helps yeah
0: uh, it's it's, Again, it's really kind of interesting. I I personally feel like the first four or five books of that series are really, really good. Mm -hmm. I think the middle five or six are kind of bad. And then I think it gets good again, um, partially because of Sanderson taking over, but, you know, with Robert Jordan passing away, but also just because the book series does actually build towards an ending so even Mm -hmm. if jordan himself had been the one writing them i think it still would have been good uh but it just happened that sanderson was the one who was picked to write the last few books uh and then it gets good again and it was definitely worth the journey but those there's some books in the middle that get really hard for me just because it feels like it's really spinning its pun intended wheel um you know (laughs) because it it, it feels like it's setting up for you you see how it's going to go there's like 10 or 14 of these forsaken uh, or chosen, depending on your point of view. And then it's like, okay, Rand kills one. Okay. I see how this is going to go. We've got a bunch of them to go through, but then they're like, Oh no, just kidding. We're actually going to reincarnate all of them. And all the ones that have right. already been dead so far come back. but I mean, now they're in different bodies, sometimes different genders. So then it's like, wait, so wait, what is happening now? So we actually haven't made any. Pra- yeah. So it, it gets a little, uh, I think in sort of inside its own head. Some might say right. inside its own ass. Um, <laughs> but definitely, I'm glad I've read the series again to the point I've read the entire series multiple times. Oh, yeah. um, um, as for myself, I've also been adulting. Today, I did my taxes, and um, mm. we actually are getting a decent-sized refund back, mostly because I lost money door-dashing, and I lost money from a Catacon. And I'm not currently really working, so I'm not bringing a lot of money into the household as it is. Um, so we're getting some money back, but it's also because we have a loss of income. So it sounds good now, but it's actually because uh, my all my hobbies and ventures are causing us to lose money. But it's okay, because <laughs> uh, we're probably going to be able to go on vacation now. So that's nice. Oh. Um Small get, favors, right? <laughs> you
1: got me excited for a minute. I thought you could solve my problem with your reward.
0: No, no, that's not. That is absolutely not. But <laughs> well, what I just heard was we are going on vacation. We of <laughs> yes, us are going. We, <laughs> we
2: you know, we're going to Universal Studios or something. I don't it's, know.
0: It's the royal we. I have a frog in my pocket. Uh <laughs> right? I will be tweeting about it, so you can keep up with us that way. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's it. I, uh, I've actually been playing a, a role playing game I want to shout out. It's the first time I've ever done this. It's a, a solo journaling game. Mm. And huh. it is called, let me get the name correct. It is called Lost Among the Starlit Wreckage by Ooh. Seamus Connolly. Uh, we did get a review copy. Both Tom and I got a copy donated by uh, Mr. Connolly. And we are individually going through the game. And then we are going to do a review about the game here, uh, in probably this weekend if we can work it out. But basically, you are a mech pilot in some future war situation. And the solo version of the game is you are floating in space, your mech is damaged, and you're, you're slowly coming to realize that you're probably not going to be rescued. And so the journaling part is you kind of just getting on comms and like you're calling out Mayday, Mayday, but also was it worth it? You know, was this war now that it basically come to an end, but you've pretty much assumed that you're not going to survive in these, you know, these messages you're sending off into space. You don't know if anyone is is reading them or not. Uh, There's also a two person version where one person is actually looking for you and you are communicating but the solo version is you're just calling into the void. And there's a, a mechanic based on deck of cards where you may survive. So you have 10 rounds you have to go through. You have a, a matrices of cards that are laid out. And this represents your mech. And um, you have to turn over so many cards each round based off of certain like a die roll. And then if cards match up, you have to pull them out and if all the cards go away or if your core, which is surrounded by cards, becomes exposed too much, it will explode. So you're kind of racing against the deck of can you survive 10 rounds? If you draw the Joker, it can be an automatic uh, death. So you've always got the that <laughs> hanging over your head that your mech just explodes. Uh, and it's been pretty interesting so far. It's my first time with a solo game like this, my first time with a journaling game like this. Uh, I haven't completed my playthrough. I'm currently on round six. So I've still got four rounds to go. And once you get past the halfway point, that's when the Joker becomes an instant kill. Until that point, wow. it doesn't kill you instantly. So if I can avoid the Joker or I can just avoid a catastrophic catastrophic um, failure of getting certain cards, I actually could end up surviving. Um, so yeah, so look for a review cool. from Tom and I. I'll, you know, spoilers, I'm pretty positive on the game. This is my first time doing this type of game, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, and again, big thank you to to Seamus for providing us with these review copies. Um, if you are a patron of ours at the RPG Academy at the 25 or high, higher level, uh, once a quarter, we buy a indie RPG and we send it to uh, those folks. Spoilers, Ooh. that's probably what you're getting this quarter um, nice. from us. So I think that's that sounds probably awesome. enough. Oh, quickly, uh, Peacemaker. I'm absolutely loving the show tonight oh, or tomorrow is going to be the finale. I probably won't get a chance to watch it tonight. I'm absolutely loving it. Just heard it got picked up for a season two. Um, it's very adult, very, uh, adult <laughs> yeah. language, very violent, but mm-hmm. I'm absolutely loving it. So if you have not checked it out and you have the, have a way to do so, I highly suggest it if you're in for the adult language, you know, very violent type of show. So it is definitely working for me and the internet's red again. So who knows if anyone's watching it? <laughs>
1: We'll see how it goes.
0: All right. Well, so we are here. We are here. Mm-hmm. And again, eventually this will go out audio only, so people will hear it. I just don't know if anyone's watching or listening at the moment. So we're going to move into the second part of the show, and this is uh, our first improv game. It's called Ten Things, and the idea here is we're going to take turns prompting one another in turn to try to come up with a list of ten things that fit the prompt. Uh, The idea of the game is immediacy is better than accuracy, so a, a good list is not as good as a fast list. Kevin, you are our guest tonight. Would you like to prompt Chris or I, or would you like to be prompt? by Chris or I to start the game. Oh,
2: geez. Uh, let's uh, let's just ease me into it. Let's go ahead. Um, you got, I'll prompt one of you guys, I okay. guess.
0: All right. You can prompt either one that you want, and that will start the chain based on my Zoom screens and where we're laid out. Oh, okay. Um, so you can just <laughs> okay. uh, pick either one of us and then give us a prompt that we have to come up with 10 yeah. things for.
2: I don't remember who I asked last time. I want to spread the wealth here. Um, <laughs> I come will – um, let's do this. Let's um, – all right, so Chris – Yes. Um, name your 10 favorite Star Wars characters. Ooh, uh, that's and easy. you can't say Baby Yoda for all 10 because his name's not no, even Baby Yoda.
1: No, no, no. Uh, R3A1. That's an easy one. Okay. Uh, Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. I actually like Chief Palpatine. People don't don't understand no, why. Cool. Uh, Plagueis. Big fan of his. Uh, I like Ray. Obviously, you got to no. go with Rey. Uh, Finn's pretty fun. Six. Uh, you got to go with you know uh, R2D2 seven of course Um, uh, was pretty fun eight uh the Gamorians. at uh well i don't want to spoil <laughs> what happened with them but they were fun yes and uh we'll go with uh bib fortuna
0: 10 yay nice that is, in fact a list of 10 things really quickly give a shout out to new york tater who's joining us who's the unofficial mascot of uh, detention <laughs> live um again my <laughs> internet has been really bad we've cut in and out. So if you're trying to watch the stream live, I have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, but thank you for being with us tonight. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Chris, so you will then prompt yes, me sir. and then I will close the circle with Kevin. So All what right. is my, my prompts sir?
1: Michael, yeah. give me 10 things you're going to take on vacation with us.
0: Oh, nice. Wait, so, okay. So your you my, my, my vacation vacation or the faculty retreat?
1: The one you're yes. taking us on. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, my one. family. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you <yeah>. go.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, my anxiety. Two. My phone. Three. My laptop. Four. Uh, probably some games. Five. My credit card. Six. Uh, cash. Seven. Uh, batteries. Eight. I'll let you figure out why we need batteries. Yeah. Mm. Um, sexy lingerie.
1: Nine for, oh. for me. Uh, right. I figured.
0: Yeah. And a Polaroid <laughs> for those pictures that you don't want other people to see.
1: Oh, and my. D- that was 10. Yay! yay!
0: Awesome. Took a turn at the end. <laughs> yes, of course. I, I have nothing but a dirty mind. All Believe right. It. So, Kevin. All yes, right. Sir. So, you mentioned Wheel of Time. <laughs> yeah. So Okay. So, I, I'll just uh, give me your 10 favorite characters from the Wheel of Time series.
2: Oh, man. This is great. Um, Avienda is number one all the way. One. Um, Perrin. Um two uh, Galad. Three. I actually you like him. Um Demodred. Um Four. of course you got to go with Lan is the best. Um uh, Lorraine is awesome. Six. Tom Six. Marilyn. Seven. Um geez, they're also good. Uh they're also good. Um I forget uh Fael's dad's name, the 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 one commander oh, guy. It's
0: like Bashir, Lord Bashir. Yes,
2: that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Thank you so much. Eight. And of course, um, Rand.
1: Nine,
2: nine. And, oh, I thought that was ten. And um, who didn't I say? Everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, we're gonna go
0: with Luz, Theron, Telemann. Why not? I don't know. Ten, <laughs> just fun to say. Ten. ten. That is in fact a list of ten things. Perrin's my personal yeah. favorite.
2: Yeah, Perrin's. Yeah, Perrin's awesome. Perrin's my favorite of the original, and Avienda. Just as soon as she comes in, I'm like, "Oh man, she's awesome."
0: I love it. Very, very cool. All right. So with that, we're going to move into used books. This is the most kind of like the meat and potato section of the show. This is uh, where we bring up a topic that our guest provides us, talk about a game that they have either played in or maybe they ran. Uh, and we see if we can mine this for some some lessons learned, some maybe some things that we want to try to repeat and do again, or maybe some do different things that didn't work well we could avoid. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. We'll just kind of see what we have today. So, Kevin, what did you want to talk about today? Because this is more about like, a topic to discuss rather than an actual example so what are sure, you
2: talking yeah. about? Um, something I want to talk about is something that I have found we're all kind of semi dealing with right now which is how to get back into gaming in person. I mean we've all been away because of COVID and other reasons of course and some people are able to start doing that um, so it's kind of a two-fold question. It's how do you transfer from We've been stuck playing online. Now we can play in person. And also, how do you maybe some groups have just had a hiatus this whole time? How do you pick your story back up and keep playing when you've been not playing for two years, basically?
0: Where do you go from there? <laughs> so, Chris, uh, take either side of that conversation you want to start with. Any thoughts or opinions, sir?
1: Um, well, big big thing that jumps in my head is if you've had a you know year or two, whatever, off from a campaign, it might be time to start a little chat online to refresh each other where you were remind everybody what their character is and what their character's goals are if you, if they have any or if they figured any out and then come to a conclusion or a consensus as to where you're going to pick it up and go from there and then just get used to seeing each other again um, i don't right. like in the last two years i've sat down at a table maybe three times most of my stuff has been over the internet mm. so i've gotten really used to that mm. <laughs> it's right. easy for me to sit here and, not wear pants and <laughs> let my stomach do what it wants to do, and not have to worry about offending anybody, and uh, throw some dice and have some fun. You know, now I got to get used to wearing pants again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> again, I think we just got the point. where pants are optional. I think in person yeah. or not, we just have to understand that. That's true. Um, so again, trying to come back from two years, like that's, I mean that that's hard for me to even sort of like think about uh because i've been fortunate enough to keep some games going um Mm -hmm. either online or the the likelihood if a game has been dead that long of just not coming back to it like well like okay we're just gonna start something else so i guess my thoughts are one uh like what chris says you need to probably be talking about it now like what what we're gonna do um maybe maybe you jump forward in the game too and you just say hey our characters have been apart for two years, things have happened in game, and you spend that first session going, okay, what has your character been up to the last two years and you kind of like, almost like work the reality into the story a little bit if that fits, you know, if you ended like on a cliffhanger inside a dungeon that's not going to work. Uh, but maybe even you do maybe we just say okay we assume that we solved that, then what happened the last two years after. Um, I think I talked about this kind of recently, but, but shadow spawns, which is the 13th age game that we have been streaming for a while. Our schedule has been terrible. We've been missing game after game after game. And we were about to come back just yesterday. We were supposed to play in like last minute, something happened. I wasn't able to do it, but we are doing a thing where, um, we are going to go through a nightmare of sorts. And we're using the nightmare as a recap. So we are going to revisit some of the previous scenes in a nightmare version to catch ourselves back up of what happened, but also as a way to progress the story forward. So it's sort of like a meta thing of you're going to like each character, each player told me two scenes from the past that they want to revisit And then I'm going to narrate the dreams lot. So it's going to be a dream logic version, but we're also going to be recapping the story in a weird sort of way. Um, We haven't done it yet. So I can't tell you if it actually works, but that was our plan to see if that would work. Our internet's red again. So who knows if anybody's watching. Um, So Kevin, so obviously this has been on your mind because it was the thing you wanted to talk about. So what have you come up with? What do you think you're going to try or what do you think might work?
2: Uh, Well, it, you know, it depends on which two options you talk about. We're talking about the big break, so to speak. You haven't been playing for two years. Um, I I feel like kind of like what you mentioned, it, it's probably best, I would feel like, unless you are super in love with your characters and you have a really invested time mature into that. It just, to me, makes sense that you just start anew. Um, I can maybe even see a scenario where, You like the characters. Maybe you don't remember the story. You could just take those characters, transport them into something different, keep them wherever they might be and just start over. Not necessarily start over, but start a new story, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally have not had to go two years without playing a game and then try to bring it back. I've had scenarios in the past uh, when actually both of my kids were born different times, of course, that uh, we took hiatuses for that time, you know, the, you know, Daddy time, I guess you could say, where you take a break and mm-hmm. you know, coming back from that, what I found, we did, I did it differently both times. And what I found worked better was what I did the second time as opposed to the first time. First time it was a, oh, we're just going to keep going. Nothing's different. I know it's been seven months in, you know, in real life. We're just going to keep playing. And it was super confusing for the players. They don't remember. And not, nothing that,
0: not anything as players, but right, they're not. They're not going to remember. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> you know. sometimes I've played week to week, and we will forget right. what happened last week. You can't imagine, again, it's been seven months, and on top of it, you know, there's real stress that has come with this COVID pandemic yeah. for some people. So, mm-hmm. you know, stressors can cause, you know, memory loss. That's one of the, the effects of stress. Uh, so Definitely. I can't even imagine trying to come back after seven months to two years of this points at everything Mm -hmm. and then trying to remember what my character Uthgar was doing, uh, you know, talking to the magistrate of whatever town about whatever was going on. There's no way I'm going to be able to jump in without something.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's an uphill battle that just you're not equipped to to get into really. Mm -hmm. Um, what I did the second time though, was, um, end of the game at a certain point where you could actually, when you came back, you could either do a time jump or you could do an alternate story. You could maybe even um, do it where the time jump doesn't really, uh, I'm sorry, the break between doesn't really necessarily matter to the story. Um, So what we did specifically that time was, and plus that time was a little bit more of like, okay, we did this before let's try it this other way. Everybody had that buy-in. And so when you take the break and you go to come back you're aware of the fact that, okay, what we're going to do now is, you know, things wrapped up. Now there's been a passage of time. And what I focused on was when we came back, the the very first session we came back, my only intention for the session was to be, have the session embody what the game was about before. And basically without recapping it recap it with what you're doing so we had Mm -hmm. a scenario where we had similar dangers and similar storyline to what we were doing before and as you approach it that way almost like a new first session but it's wrapping up what you already did the players are going to get more familiarized with oh that's right we're dealing with these guys and that's right we're dealing with this kingdom because it's presented again right um Helps freshen you up a little bit.
0: You um, know, TV shows do that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like if they, you know, season or even like mid-season finales, a lot of times, and, you know, it gets made fun of, but like even like soap operas where you will have, I can't believe my twin brother, you know, Derek, is, who's secretly in love with my third wife is back in town. Like you have some dialogue that just basically reminds everyone in the audience of what was going on. And, and kind of similarly where, you know, plot points will be like, okay, yes, I know. I just recently got promoted to captain and now everybody's happy about it, but damn it, we're going to work together. Oh, that's right. That's what happened. So, I mean, you can do things similarly where you repeat those action beats and maybe even have some over the top, on the nose dialogue to remind people as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's something that I would have fun with would be to get the group back together and basically just go, okay, your characters are all in a bar. You're all having a few drinks, there telling the story of your tales of what you've all been through and let the players just kind of describe what they remember. And that could be fun because it it's going to vary from person to person, mm-hmm. which means their characters are going to view it different. That could actually kick off some neat role-playing and some new storylines. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe the person got tired of playing, you know, Uthgar, the barbarian that just punches things. And now he decides he wants to add some depth to the character. And it gives him time to kind of reflect in that moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I do remember that when I punched that guy. Maybe I should have talked to him more than just punched.
0: Or even just retcon. Like, you just, the, yeah. the story we get of Uthgar is completely different than what yeah. actually happened. But that's the new reality that everyone's kind of agreeing to do. Uh, that can yeah, be well.
2: is oh, i'm sorry re- yeah retconning is a great tool to have in your toolbox as a dungeon master or as a game master because like i said like we were saying they're not going to remember and what's even cool is what chris is saying is if you let the players retcon it then they're tied into what that new canon is mm-hmm. they think oh well this is what it is and and they're connected to it more because they
0: made it you know
2: mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's it's handy to do that for sure for
0: sure. Yeah, I'm a big fan of letting the players create elements. I know I've talked about that multiple times. Oh, yeah. Like, if a player comes up with an NPC that's like, I know a guy, you know, my third cousin twice removed is the guard captain in this town. That's better than just the random NPC that I came up with who was going to be the guard captain. And by helping them, by allowing them to help kind of create that NPC, you have some immediate ownership and buy-in. And I can imagine the same thing would work for story, not just NPCs, but like the story itself. If we're going to retcon, letting the players control that, that would be a ton of fun.
2: Definitely. Yeah, I love that. I love that for sure.
1: I just think it'd be a fun little exercise just to see, you know, what A, is it the player's memory or is it just the character decides mm-hmm. they want to change something? Or, you know, mm-hmm. how does it end up you know, it could be really fun to do. Hmm. Especially if you as a GM do like I do and take fairly good notes. Can you can look back and be like, well, actually uthgar didn't punch that guy, it was the <laughs> other guy that started the fight. <laughs> but now they've all got it convinced that he did it. So now I think it'd yeah. be fun.
0: There's um this I think is a Super Bowl commercial from like maybe twenty years ago. And uh I don't know if you can if I don't know if you Either of you watch football or care with Super Bowl or remember this commercial. I think it was a beer commercial because they were all beer commercials five years beer. ago. <laughs> and basically it's it's like this group of friends that are retelling the same story like five years apart every time and the story keeps changing. And like the very first time it was someone who like they almost tripped while they were walking. And then the last version of the story the guy is kicking a game-winning winning field goal with a broken ankle. <laughs> and like it's just like, and that's how, I mean, I did the same thing. When I tell a story, I embellished a little yeah, bit to be know, for the audience. And then if you keep telling the story over and over again, it, it changes and gets a little more exciting every time. So that could be a fun element, too, of... of you know, what actually happened versus what the the players, whether they believe it or not, the story that they're telling in that bar and how it sort of grows and changes over time. That could be really fun. And, you know, I'm a big proponent, too, of recording your sessions, even if it's not for a podcast. I just think it's a very good DMing learning tools to go back and listen and go, oh, okay, you know, this part, you know, people clearly didn't know what was happening i didn't do a good job explaining things or this is a part i can tell everyone's on their you know on their toes and they were all waiting for what happened next but if you it's the way to take notes you gotta go back and listen and go oh that's what npc that was in that scene oh that's the voice i used for that character i was just gonna um, say
2: voices yeah
0: yeah because i'm terrible at voices so if i do decide to do one try to remember oh that's the you know even if it's not like a voice but just the affectations that I've taken with that particular character uh, that I try to remember for consistency' sake. So I'm a yeah. really big. If you can, as long as your players are on board and they're okay with it, record your sessions as a note taking tool. It's a huge, I think, a huge benefit for me.
2: Definitely, definitely. I agree, hundred percent. You know, and then conversely, if you have the situation where, let's say, you have been gaming this whole time and now you're online, you're using Roll Twenty, you're using Foundry, Astral, whatever. Um, and now you have to, you want to go back in person. No, you can still incorporate those things. Uh, a buddy of mine, this is a bit of a more extreme example, but a buddy of mine, he's got a gaming table. He's got a, sets a TV right on top of it. And so you can have the map right there. He's got a piece of plexiglass on top. You can still do the minis with the map using the Roll20 software. Um, or, you know, you can go to, you know, the printer, like I used to do, like I still do, you know, go to the printer, print up big, giant, huge maps you got to tape together and stuff like that. But um, a lot of those online tools are really handy, especially if we're looking for a scenario where, you know, you want to remember what you had or didn't have. A lot of that stuff, you know, you've got characters that, that are built and in a uh, in a folder that are all right there. You can incorporate all that stuff into your at-home game. You don't have to just nerf it or whatever
0: right I, a friend of ours friend of the show i should say jen um she talks about that she uses roll 20 even if everyone's in the same room together like everyone still either has like a, a ipad or some other tablet sure. or a laptop and they keep their character sheet on there and they still roll through that even if they're in person so i know there's a lot of people that have done a hybrid sort of version of the gaming even if you know, they're physically together. I've never really done that. Um, I'm so I, I've pretty much done almost nothing but virtual gaming for the last two to three years, just because of me moving and everything, even before COVID. So I'm trying to think of, of what, what we would do in person anyway. And I, I'm trying to like, what, what's the benefit? Like, what's the thing? And for me, I think it's just energy. Um, I yeah, tell people, I'm actually sure. an introvert that has extrovert tendencies <laughs> Um, So I feed off of energy a lot. Like when I'm in the same room with people, I absolutely absorb people's energy and it kind of helps invigorate me. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've missed from being in person is just having that energy transference where I can like I can actually see people when they're excited or I can like tell, okay, this person, I'm starting to lose them because they're a little too interested in their dice tower right now. They're a little too interested in this. Um, And those cues are sometimes harder to pick up on. Uh, you know virtually but uh, but other than that i don't really know what would be a benefit like what's the benefit of, of being together versus digitally other than that i don't i don't know i'm not saying there isn't i just can't think of anything right now
1: right <clears throat> I, there I, i'm sure a psychologist could explain it better than i can <laughs> i think that there is definitely a difference between having somebody physically in a room versus a screen like what you get like how it refreshes you and how you feel more connected to that person. I think there's probably something that's good just for our our mental health in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, you don't I, have to worry I about my me. internet.
0: We keep dropping our yeah. things. So <laughs> I don't worry about that. that's an extra stressor. I don't have to deal with.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I agree. I agree with you. Like I do so much reading body language. Yeah. If we're not, if we don't have cameras on. I. I. A lot of times I have to go. Are, are we all good? You know, if there's a pause, but oh yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking. I'm like, okay, well, I can't see you, so I'm <laughs> right. missing yeah. a big part of communication here. Mm-hmm. So that helps me a lot. Um, I, I think there's also something to just, you know, you roll a really good roll and and just holding the hand up and just like high five. Yeah, there you go man! Mm-hmm. Like everybody lights
2: that, up. You know. Yeah. yeah,
1: but I mean, feeling that that yeah. the hand on hand and the slap. You know, I think there's just something to it that. You know, kind of invigorates me a little bit. Gets me more excited to game, um, unless it's a game that like there's a thousand pieces that I'm all about. Let's just do let's do <laughs> tabletop simulator. Mm-hmm. I can flip the board and clean up real fast. But there you
0: go. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like uh, we play Marvel Legendary together sometimes, and like I love Marvel Legendary. I have every single set uh, that's ever come out. They're all organized but it is nice. a beast to try to actually get set up and then put <laughs> yeah. you know when you're done playing, put it all back together. But tabletop simulator, is like, click. See you guys next time. You know, it's, yeah. it's easy to do. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, so there's that advantage, but like I said, I still think you missed that, that, that mental health part of actually seeing people. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's that mentality of, you know, uh, in like iRobot for example, like there's that scene where they're like, Oh, well, the robots, we put them in this crate, and they all stand in the same corner, even though they're not doing anything. You know, there's just yeah. this companionship that the human race still needs, even though we're all not to get on the soapbox. We're all, you know, tied to our social media, and we're all becoming a lot more autonomous now. We still need to have that connection with one another, and you know, that's what you get from the in person. You get the fact that you can actually, like you said, have that connection with people um, physically you know, yeah. not, not to misuse the word intimate, but it's it's more of an intimate type of yeah. approach to being with each other. Um, yeah. And if you're going to play online, definitely use cameras because it makes a big difference. Absolutely, um, it, it, it it There's a huge disconnect when you're just like a voice. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've been running games and I'm like, are you guys still there? Oh, yeah, we're just listening to you. We didn't want to interrupt. And I'm like, well, I'm just vamping because you guys aren't saying anything. Kind right. Of
0: thing. Yeah. You know, I think that's I could, there is no right answer there because i you know as someone who again who's played a lot online sometimes with with random people you know because of discord or whatever there are some people who just don't want to be on camera particularly if it's like a stream game or something like that so i'm never going to say we have to use cameras but i agree with you that if you are willing to use a camera then you should because like you know there's already a degree of separation Mm -hmm. of we're not physically in the room i can't see you now we're over a digital space, there's lag, there's, you know, internet issues. Then you have someone who's not, some people are using cameras. camera, some people are not. You're just adding levels of difficulty just to the social aspect, not just even the DMing. But at the same time, I just want to clarify that I would never, like, require a
2: yeah, camera. Sure. Oh, of course, but, right.
0: But if you are willing and able, then yes, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's one less barrier that you have to have. Uh, and again, I'm just trying to, you know, like it's, it's kind of weird, but like I have enjoyed gaming online so much more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I, I was always concerned because I do have a little bit of ADHD. You know, I have, I have some, you know, attention deficit issues myself. I always just assumed that if we played online, I would just get lost and, and, you know, do other things. And, and that does happen on occasion, but for the most part, it's actually been pretty seamless. And because it's just so easy to like, Hey, I want to play a game. You know, I have, almost the entire world as a potential player pool, we can get something together versus the four numbskulls that you've come over to my house on a Tuesday <laughs> right. that it's almost been a net positive for me overall. Um, Cause even right now I don't have an in person gaming group. Everything I do is online. Again, I'm just trying to trying to like narrow or nail down what is a true benefit of playing in person. I think it's just that social energy oh, aspect sure um beyond that i don't i don't know because we've always also rolled dice like i've never been an online dice where you can roll dice I, I trust you if you're cheating i don't care you're you're only cheating yourself so we've yeah. never done the on, on, online dice roll or that type of thing. So i don't know uh at this point i guess i'll throw it out to the audience again there's no one watching now because my internet sucks but if you're listening <laughs> uh we would love to hear your thoughts a on you know, techniques to revitalize or recap or re-engage after a, an extended hiatus? And also, what, what do you think of are some benefits of in-person gaming or any sort of, again, avenues or techniques or things that you would want to have in a game that was online that is coming back to in-person or was only online, is going to in-person? Uh, so what are some things that you think would be definitely key aspects to bring in to make sure that everyone is back on the same page and and you're getting the benefit of being in person. Like, what do you see as those benefits? But with that, we will move into our second improv game. I really hope that the internet works well enough for at least New York (laughs) Tater to join us because I know this is his favorite part of the show. And this is where have my fingers been? And this Mm -hmm. is another improv game. We were once again take turns uh, prompting one another in turn to come up with a short scene that uh, we will act out with our little finger puppets. We try to have a beginning, middle, and end. I often leave out at least one of those just because I think it's funny. Uh, Kevin, you are once again our guest, so you can either prompt Chris or I first to start off the game, or you can be prompted first. What would you choose, sir? You
2: guys can go ahead and prompt me first. Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's get into it
0: here. All right, Chris, do you want to prompt, or would you like me to prompt, sir?
1: Um, I'll go ahead and prompt. Okay. I, I got cool. a I got you a decent one. I just thought of.
0: Oh, all right. all right. So so Kevin, do you remember the song? Because it's very important. You have to sing the. song. Oh yeah, prompt. definitely, definitely. Because my fingers right here. All right, so
2: where?
1: Oh,
0: okay,
2: where go for have the fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Love it. Uh, All right, Chris.
1: Two fans watching Wheel of Time together.
2: Oh, my goodness. This could go all kinds of ways. (laughs) (sighs) I can't believe it's finally happening. They're going to make a show after all these years. We're going to finally see the Wheel of Time. I know it's going to be amazing. Hey, wait a minute. Who's that character? They're not in the book. Yeah. Who is that guy? Wait, who? Wait, wait, why is it so slow? I mean, wait a minute. Okay. There's the person we know about what's going on. Okay, yeah, and, oh, wait, that's the end of the first episode already? Let's watch another one. <laughs> that's where my fingers have been.
0: Yay! Hey! Hey! All right, so, Kevin, so, yeah, you will prompt me, and then I will close the loop by uh, prompting Chris. So let me get my finger muscles ready. All right, yeah. so where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been?
2: All right, you're, today, your fingers have been at the local gaming store, And you have discovered that the book that you are there to pick up was just sold to your arch nemesis. I
0: can't, I I can't hardly believe that we're here. (laughs) I know it's, it's like, it's like El Dorado, man. It's like the lost city of gold. (laughs) It's like, did this, is this, is this real or is this a figment of my imagination? Maybe we're in the matrix.
1: Oh,
0: that's interesting. How would we know? Agent Smith comes in. (laughs) Hello, Neo. I have bought the book that you have come for. Damn it, Agent Smith. That's a terrible impression. I know, that's Keanu. (laughs) So what happens now? Well, it's complicated, but basically the same thing is going to happen again in about 15 years, but it won't be as cool, but that's the point. Whoa. Wait, I thought I was Neo. No, you're Agent Smith i lost the thread and that's where my fingers have been. Nice. Hey. Hey. I love it. That final right. whoa made the whole thing. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, Chris, you. Right. Hold on. Oh, yeah, sorry. Wait. Oh, my yes, oh he's got to song it out. Got to do that.
1: Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been?
0: Your fingers are breaking up a fight. Between two Wheel of Time fans who were arguing <laughs> over the quality of the new show.
1: They're, they're at it again. Look at those two. I mean, I mean what do we do? I, I, he's slapping that one and, and he's crying. I, I don't know. He's crying. It's, it's kind of sad. I mean, what, do we get in the way? Maybe. Do we just wait and hope that they get tired and stop? maybe maybe we try to bribe them with food maybe maybe we switch it over to the witcher how dare you and that's where my fingers are at.
0: <laughs> oh fantastic <laughs> all right so new york Tater, i hope you enjoyed that if no one else did all right so we're going to move into the next last section of the show this is cryptozoology this is where we talk about a monster usually is related to DD, but not always and we talk about maybe some ways we have used this monster in the past we we brainstormed some ways that maybe we could use it in the future uh and kevin again is the guest you have brought a monster to the table so sir what monster would you like for us to discuss tonight
2: absolutely well in light of valentine's day just a couple of days ago i wanted to talk about the ultimate lover the vampire oh,
1: i thought it was me oh yeah oh,
2: sorry <laughs> yes. well are you a vampire chris are you secretly is this a confession no,
1: no the other thing you could talk anyways okay. the, the ultimate anyways continue. ultimate
2: lover i see i see yeah, yeah vampires um
0: vampire. vampires vampires so, um, so again, I'll start with you, Chris. Have you ever used a vampire in one of your games? A lot. Okay. I am a, a
1: huge fan of Ravenloft in that setting. Mm. So I've used him quite a bit. Uh, I've always used him, though, as more of the big bad guy at the end. A lot of political and social maneuvering. And he's sending out his minions to constantly derail the party Uh, i always play them as very charismatic and charming and intelligent when you have a being that's been around for hundreds of years they're eventually going to learn some self-control they're going to learn how to manipulate things um i don't have them sparkle in the sunlight they will burn in the sunlight
0: are they good at baseball
1: um at night yes um mostly because they're really good at being a bat
0: so night games only. I
1: got it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy them because you can really build up a good personality and background to them and give them real goals and real motivations. Uh, I usually use them to pit the party against somebody else or, you know, get the party involved in some big political maneuverings. And it, it's fun. I also like the fact that they can disguise themselves. So I'll throw that in. So they might think they're working for him, but they might not be like, a lot of manipulation, so I, I like I, said, I really love Ravenloft. So I have thrown players or characters into Ravenloft just to see how the players react. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, a, a little bit of panic because if they know Ravenloft <laughs> at all, they're a little worried, but yeah, it's fun for me. Yeah,
0: I think vampires are a great villain to have, um, as a, a big bad at the end of a a game. I'm also a huge Buffy vampire player fan. So I like that as well. Again, I acknowledge Joss Whedon, apparently terrible human being, but still he creates great shows. Um, But the thing that I like to try to keep in mind is, you know, vampires kind of exist in a different reality. They are such long lived creatures that their plans Mm -hmm. should take years, maybe decades to manifest, not, short term. So a lot of their manif- you know, manifestations, mas- machinations should be so obscure and obtuse that you don't really see what's happening for a long time. That's why I think they make really good big bad evil guy villains. It makes me think of kind of like uh, Vandal Savage and the um, the Young Justice cartoon. If anyone's familiar, I don't want to give too many heavy spoilers, but but we learn over the the first two seasons at least that there are plans that Vandal Savage has been working on for centuries, like literal centuries. And he's totally fine with that taking that long because Vandal Savage in the the cartoon is immortal. And that, you know, essentially vampires are too unless they get killed by adventurers. So they are risk averse creatures. They can absolutely be like, Oh, well these plans I've been had in place for the last hundred years, not going to work out. I'm going to go hide in my castle for like 60 years. All you MFers will be dead. And then I'll come out and try again. Um, So the, the, you know, it's, it's sometimes maybe how do you role play someone who's much smarter than I actually am? You know, that's where maybe some retconning, some strategic, uh, planning between sessions comes into play, but I absolutely like having them as big beds overall. I don't necessarily want them to be what the players are fighting in a battle, unless it's the minions, the vampire spawns, which can be a little, uh, can be fun, but I actually haven't used a vampire in quite a while. I don't, I can't even remember the last time that I've used one, but I feel like I want to again. So what about you, Kevin? Uh, You know, again, this is something you want to talk about. Do you have a particularly memorable vampire that you have used in the past?
2: Yeah, I think vampires are, are super rad. And I am with you, Michael. I'm a huge Buffy fan. That was probably one of the most um, defining things of my like when I was in high school and that show was big. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Again, I'm not supporting Joss Whedon in a way that might get somebody mad at us. I'm just saying it's a great show, like you said, um, yeah. still mm-hmm. to this day. Um, I'm actually using vampires right now. I'm actually playing a really awesome, super rad game called Knights Black Agents. Mm-hmm. If you guys are not mm-hmm. familiar with this game, it is super rad. Um, uh, for those at home, it's basically the, the pitch is like Jason Bourne versus vampires. It's your super spies and you're fighting and hunting vampires and it rocks. But um, the vampires in that are very much like the other two of you have mentioned, they're they're very much they're manipulating people they're conspiratorial it's not like you know there's vampires are a dime a dozen um you actually have to work your way up through a pyramid of you know enemies to get to them um something i've always found fascinating about vampires is the fact that over all these years they've become really romanticized and really you know i made a joke about them being the ultimate lover i mean there's like everybody has this fascination whether it's an Anne Rice approach, whether it's Twilight, whether it's um, other different things, True Blood. Um, everybody has this fascination with vampires being um, entrancing, um, and I've always had a, a different viewpoint where vampires are monstrous, um, which is part of why you know to take it back to Buffy, for example. And this goes back to Dracula too. If we want to be
1: mm-hmm. a
2: bigger topic, um, they lure you in with this facade of beauty and. Amazingness, and then once you 're in there it's way too late. The trap's been sprung, they are a monster, they're a beast, and they are going to destroy you and enjoy it and uh mm-hmm. it It sheds a lot of light, I feel like on the human condition as to what vampires represent and what vampires can be um yeah i've always used vampires, yeah the only time I've ever used vampires yeah they're they're big bads they're the, the end of a fight, especially because most typical role playing games, where you're fighting a vampire unless it's built to be a certain way. They're difficult. I mean, you're not going to play D&D and first level characters fight a vampire and even remotely survive. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, I mean, Chris, you mentioned Ravenloft. Ravenloft has I mean, even the oh, people who yeah. probably have never played it, it's got a very like you hear the word Ravenloft and you know, OK, this is this dark gothic super deadly world where vampires are going to kill you <laughs> at any given second and it has that connotation just from the the title alone and yeah. um and that's cool and i think that's how you want to focus with vampires and uh, maybe other creatures that go bump in the night like that is um use that horror use that that monstrous undertone um you can get a lot of really cool encounters with players and you know you can role play a lot of really fun stuff doing that. I feel like, um, I've got a theater background, so I'm always all about the role-playing and getting the characters to, uh, you know, have emotional stakes, no pun intended (laughs) at the (laughs) table. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I think vampires are really good for that because you can, like, you can really amp up what you want a player to be invested in with Mm -hmm. vampires. I mean, you could have, um, like one of the things about Nice Black Angels, for example, is you have like um, things in your past that, you know, uh, like people that you're connected to or a place that you're connected to. And a great way to amp that up if you want to be, you know, the dungeon master or game master in this case who wants to rap- ramp up a player is vampire kidnaps their daughter or vampire destroys their house or the vampire murders their mentor or whatever the situation might be. You can get players. Well. You have to handle it right. You can't just go around killing people because then players will get upset, of course. But um, right. but if you do it in a way where everybody knows the buy-in, um, session zero, take a drink. <laughs> um, people know that that kind of thing can happen. That uh, it uh, it really can work. It can really vampires can really amp everybody up. Um, they're, they're cool. Um, it, it's a fascinating fascinating creature to encounter. I think.
0: So uh, we recently, uh, through our Patreon, the RPG Academy's Patreon, we did a, a book club we started this year, and we read Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book. Are either of you familiar with this story? not. So slight spoilers. Uh, there is uh, a vampire character that is never explicitly called a vampire, but it becomes pretty clear over the course of the story that that's what they are. And there's a really sort of emotional scene, I felt, where several of the main characters who are normal people and several of the main characters who are ghosts, they have this, there's a particular event that happens. And I'm, I don't remember from the, from the story, if it's something that happens every year or it only happens so often, but there's basically a one night where the ghosts rise from the cemetery and they interact with the humans and they (laughs) have like a meeting type of situation. And the vampire kind of looks on from the shadows because as an undead, they are neither people nor ghosts. So ah. they are not included in this situation. And it, it sort of comes across as this sort of sad, lonely existence in a way, which I don't know mm-hmm. that always comes across in vampire fiction, that that could be an interesting take in a DD and d game where you have a vampire who's not overtly evil, but they are powerful and they are long lived, but they begin to miss what life gives them and they are trying to reclaim that in some way. Like, the first thing I think of is that some sort of spell that allows them to change bodies. So they are like taking over a human body to, you know, have sex, dance, eat food, you know, just indulge in human mm-hmm. activities. Yeah. And so you have people that are starting to act out of character and that's what it turns out to be is, is this vampire is maybe not doing anything in overtly evil. Mind control, I guess, is overtly evil, but they're not like murdering people while they're taking over the bodies. Maybe they're just, again, overeating, over drinking, gambling, having sex, whatever, consensual. But that could be an interesting take where the vampire is just, you know, that's their scheme is they're like, they're just missing those elements of life. The other element I can think of is maybe you have a situation where there's like a. Uh, a village or a town that has a vampire overlord that they're cool with because the vampire oh. keeps all the other things away because in yeah. the world of D D, there's a lot of evil shit floating around so and i think there's there's some different lores with vampires but i believe that a vampire can feed from a person and not turn them into a vampire or kill them Uh, Some of the lore I think you have to feed multiple times or you have to feed completely to the point that the person would die from the feeding. So maybe there's a situation where there's like a volunteer thing, like, you know, every three days, one of us lets the vampire feed. It doesn't take enough to kill us, but it can't feed on us more than so many times. And then something happens. And now they quote unquote need fresh blood and so maybe the story is will one of the players allow the vampire to feed off of them to keep this going because the village doesn't want the vampire dead but they've all been you know fed off of multiple times there's not any new people so this cycle we need a, a player to step in it could just be an interesting like role play scenario with will you let this vampire suck off of your blood to keep this village happy or do we kill the vampire or do we force yeah. the vampire to feed uh, one more time, which will make another vampire? Um, I don't know. Those are the first two I came up with. Chris, can you think of any maybe interesting new ways that we could use a vampire?
1: Uh, I usually try to just keep more to the traditional roles with them. But kind of what you were talking about, anytime a player's ever said to me, Oh, I want to become a vampire, I know he's mm. a vampire, I'll live immortal. I'm like, You do understand. The way I run that is you have to open up part of your soul to that vampire. They're going to open up part of their soul to you, and you're going to share your souls in that moment. So now you're going to be connected to them forever, and they're going to be connected to you forever. Does your character want to be tied to this vampire for eternity? And, and that's how I always did it, which really made the players go, Ooh, no. That, <laughs> I don't want to have to like defend him. I was kind of planning on becoming a vampire and then stabbing him in the back later. (laughs) I'm like, why don't you just do it now? Just stab him. Everybody will think you're a hero. Right. Yeah.
0: Your immortality will be in your heroic story.
1: Yeah. There Um, you go. uh, So kind of what you were talking about with that, that kind of reminded me of how I did that. Um, You know, I really like just keeping him as the big bad guy and keeping him that way. And, I've done the same thing you were talking about where the vampire is protecting the town from a worse evil. And then had fun when the party came in and stabbed the vampire and the town's like, what are you doing? Yep. (laughs) Now the dragon's going to come down and eat us. Mm -hmm. Like the vampire had to deal with him. Like, well, now we're screwed. Thanks. Unless you're going to go kill the the dragon. Mm. And now the party had to go beat the next big bad guy, Um, which... Mm -hmm. They were like, great. What's bigger next? I'm like, well, as you level up, of course I got to keep coming up with bigger and badder yeah, things. Right? I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, it, I think things. those things are, are really fun, but there, you do have to be cautious. Because mm-hmm. there is an element of expectation when you play a game like Dungeons & Dragons that you're supposed to kill the monsters. So it can be fun yeah. occasionally to subvert that. And they're like, oh, we killed a vampire. Turns out people didn't want you to. But again, you, you can't do it all the time. Or it just becomes right. like, well, why are we playing this game? Why don't we play something else if you're know if you not going <laughs> to let us just willy-nilly kill things? So part of that, again, session zero. Ding, take a drink. Just yep. understanding your players. And enjoying the random one-off. You've misread, misread the situation, so it's fun, but yeah, we don't want to just constantly do the same thing like you were talking about earlier, Kevin. Like, you can't kill every NPC, you can't kidnap every right NPC because then it's like, well, I'm that's why you have all these characters who are orphans and have no emotional <laughs> attachments because ah, you can't use it against me, DM. So it's you know, everything in moderation, <laughs> including subverting the yeah. tropes. Well, that, it's fun occasionally. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, and, and if you kill off everybody, then it loses. It does the exact opposite of what you're trying to do by killing off, say, someone's best friend. You know, if you kill off every single NPC that they ever come to like, then there's like it, it becomes tacky and lame at that point because there's no then the emotional ties that you had don't matter because well whatever they're going to die or <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's it's thursday somebody else died you know it, it,
0: it it's really counterproductive that way yeah, yeah. Uh, just quickly want to point fun, out though. that new york tater did mention that sunlight or moonlight is just reflected sunlight so vampires should also die by moonlight but
2: you know oh interesting,
1: yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, in the lore though the moon actually changes this anyways we don't need to get into that well the moon's made hairs, of cheese but... so
2: that's it is. Geez, exactly. cheese
1: light so, doesn't
0: hurt vampires that's the lore cheese but. light <laughs> Um, i'm gonna use that i like that she's like
1: <laughs> what you just Love said it. though what you were talking about with not killing every npc mm-hmm. i think of the right party it might be neat if they don't know they're a vampire and mm-hmm. they've just been turned and everybody they run into keeps ending up dead and they oh. have to kind of solve the mystery about what's going on around this town and then the party has to kind of come to that decision at the end like oh no michael's character is really the Bad guy, even though he doesn't know it, what do we do and then Michael, as a player, has to make a decision what does he do? Does he find a way to cure the curse or remove it, or does he walk off into the sunset and sacrifice himself? I mean with the right party and the right players, I think that could be a fun game. you know that would be a very cinematic game, very tragic, but I like those kind of games myself because you know. it really pulls real emotion out, you know, yeah always have to just go kill something collect treasure level up which i love playing those games too but every now and then i like one where i'm like ah son of a gun i didn't see that i was really the bad guy and i like to think back and go oh my god you did give me this clue or you did mention this or this happened and i should have caught it
0: are we the monster fun game (laughs) Uh, Are we the bad
1: guys? (laughs) Are we the bad guys?
0: Uh, So a quick shout out to Tim Wagoner, um, who's actually a local author from Dayton, who has come to a catacomb before. Um, He wrote a series of books that are set in the Eberron setting, which, again, my favorite D&D setting, called The Thieves of Blood. I think The Blade of the Flame is the first book. And the main character is a vampire who actually works for the Silver Flame Church as like an inquisitor. Oh, that's awesome. Uh it's a very cool series of books if you like D&D and you know that that's kind of so you can be a vampire but also be a hero it's kind of like a blade thing like they're a vampire but they're yeah. a good guy type of thing uh but I really enjoyed that series of books so if that's something you've not heard of uh, maybe put that on your short list of books to read uh and then lastly again we'll throw it out to the audience again I know the our frame rate's been terrible I think New York Tater's <laughs> back with us now I don't know if anyone else is but if you have any Uh, either memorable sessions that you played or ran that included vampires please let us know hit us up in the comment section on this episode when it drops hit us up on twitter or facebook let us know or if you have ideas for interesting ways that a vampire could be used in the future please let us know that as well same thing Uh, but we are going to move on to the audience q a section which again could be really weird because i don't know if anyone's even able to hear us at the at the time but if you have any questions that you would like to ask any of us doesn't have to be gaming related, though it makes a lot of sense for it to be. Uh, This is the time that you would drop them into chat. Uh, I know there's a bit of a delay, so while we're waiting for any potential questions to come in, we'll take a second to go around the horn. Everyone can drop your social plugs and plug any projects. So, Kevin, I'll start with you. Where could people find you on the interwebs and any projects you'd like to plug here, sir?
2: Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, Kevin, and I'm founder Kev Ran Games on Twitter is so where I'm mostly at, but I have Instagram too. Um, my show that I host is the Game Night Heroes podcast. We play actual play role playing games, and we it's more story driven. And um, I know everybody says that, but <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, it's a pretty fun show. Uh, we're starting season two next week. Uh, with a special anniversary episode, and then we're kicking into some cool, fun stuff. First game we're going to do with a new format of rotating cast and guest players is John Harper's Lady Blackbird, which is a amazing, awesome game, if you guys have not played it. Check it out. It's super cool and it's free. So, why, why not? Um, <laughs> but I'm also a cast member on Murder Hobo Inc. Uh, Saturday night. Uh, it's a Twitch stream that you can find. Murder Hobo Inc. is uh, super awesome. It's uh, fun, lighthearted stuff, two hour long episodes. You know, what's not to like? Um, right. but we're playing like a post apocalyptic world right now where I'm a, um, a paladin who uh, may or may not be um, having a secret for the party but uh it's fun stuff but uh yeah that's that's all the stuff i want to
0: nice, nice. so uh quickly throw out, so we did where have my fingers been new york tater but it might have been during the one of my mini power no. internet outages um so you will have to listen to the audio only version uh because there are some pretty amazing impressions that oh, i just, did in mine that you were going yeah, to, want to I, check out
2: they actually—he's actually being modest. What actually happened was he had an actual big name actor come in yep. and do a line, and yep. it was—it was, you, it was amazing. To be able to tell. Yeah, it was amazing. It was—it was really cool to meet them, and uh it's I can scratch it off a bucket list. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> pretty special if I have to say so myself. Yeah, yeah All definitely. Right. So, Chris, again, where can people find you on the interwebs and any projects you want to plug?
1: Uh, easiest way is on Twitter, Berlu underscore Chris. Uh, I don't do anything else because well. <laughs> I'm old in the social media thing. I don't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, if you want to listen to my uh, nice, smooth voice uh, every other week, listen to Redemption. Uh, still claiming to be the longest-running Star Wars actual play out there. Still waiting for somebody to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, until somebody does, I'm going to take ownership of that title. But uh, I get to GM that and play a couple characters in it and have a lot of fun with it. It's,
0: it's a good a show. good show. Yeah, it is very Got good. It. Um, so as for myself, again, Michael, you can find me on Twitter at the RPG Academy. It's where I'm most active. We do have a Facebook page as well. Um, a Catacon right now, we're still tentatively planning on having it in November, November 4th, 5th, and 6th this year. Uh, we're still trying to decide what our badge sales, with. it will be through Kickstarter or some other way. So wait, you know, look for announcements on that. Probably within the next month or two, we will decide that. Uh, my game, Action 12 Cinema, I'm hoping at some point it'll go to crowdfunding this year. So if you're interested in playing a lot of bad movie action stories and using a lot of D12 dice, Action 12 Cinema would be for you. And then just quickly the Patreon. We are having a a ton of fun with um our patrons this year we are doing a lot of new stuff we just had a new one a new patron joined us this week at the highest level uh so we wow, really appreciate nice. that from reverus yeah so we're we're slowly building our, our Patreon back up trying to get it back to where it was uh so we have a book club we read a book right now we're reading uh Light of the Jedi's so the first in the new Star Wars High Republic series last mm-hmm. month we did the Neil Gaiman book graveyard book uh we're gonna read a new book we're doing um movie watches. We watched The Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield. We're going to watch another movie this year or so, or this month. So we're trying to do some cool, fun stuff with the patrons in addition to bonus episodes. Um, so the only question that came in is where have our fingers been? But we already covered that. So uh, <laughs> while we're waiting one Wouldn't last year. What would you years, like to know? <laughs> if, uh, if you would like to ask any questions, drop them in the chat now. We do have the one question we ask everybody. Uh, Chris and I answered it last time, so we will just ask Kevin. Kevin, if you were an action figure, or I should say if an action figure was made of you, what are the three accessories that would come in your action figure package?
2: oh man that's a great question uh you know honestly i uh i've had a dream my whole life of becoming an action figure um (laughs) so that would be amazing if that could actually happen Uh, i think what would come in my action figure with my action figure um geez i don't even know um let's uh let's say it's going to come with a dungeon master screen Mm, why not um it's gonna have a um oh my goodness the sky's the limit here um Oh, geez, I don't even know. It's going to have Kung Fu Grip. Kung (laughs) Fu Grip, got to have
0: Kung Fu
1: Grip.
2: And um, let's say it's going to come with a little toy dinosaur. Sure. Dinosaur sidekick, I guess.
0: I mean, the the branding opportunities there are are pretty high. Yeah, I think so. Side merchandising, definitely. That's
2: it. That's it.
0: Nice. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for hanging out with us. I am so sorry oh, for awesome. anyone who, who was trying to watch this tonight. It was a really fun show. Please check out the audio version when it comes out in a, in a week or so. Uh, Kevin, yeah. welcome. you're welcome to come back anytime uh, oh we're yeah, thanks. looking for co-hosts. appreciate it. And,
2: uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to watch some wheel of time and we're going to discuss it. As you
0: mentioned, Yeah, maybe we make that, if you don't mind, maybe make it a bonus episode for the patrons. I, I've been wanting to talk about Let's it, do it yeah. with somebody. So maybe we can jump on and have a discussion, um, you know, oh, good yeah. and, and bad of it. I, Cause I have some, I have some questions I need to ask someone who also has read the books. Uh, sure sure it, it make, you know because i'll it, get I I'll, to I'll Tom get finished a little up bit, then. but he didn't read the book so he doesn't have that uh that reference um but okay. yeah thank you both chris as always for being on her buddy I really, really appreciate it hopefully next time my internet will be a little bit more cooperative uh we will be back in two weeks and we're actually the for the first time ever we're going to have three guest co-hosts we're going to have the first five person detention I have no idea how that's going to work, but we're going to try it uh, with the cast of tabletop journeys joining us uh, in two weeks. So uh, with that, we will say goodbye, everybody. Awkward wave out. Hopefully we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye Bye.
2: Yeah. Bye everybody. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or RPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook.